What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Wavelengths. We got a UEFA Champions League semifinal review, final preview. Armand Sadi, Preston Helfen, Stephen Heimer is talking to you today. A lot to talk about. We got City, we got Chelsea, an all-Premier League final. How did this happen? Preston, let's get it going. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no question that Man City were the best team in the entire semifinals uh, for the last three halves, I would say. They came out a little flat against PSG, fell behind uh, in the first leg. But then in that second half, they really came back firing. De Bruyne got that cross goal that somehow found its way to the back of the net. Mares was probably my player of the semis for his three goal contribution or three goals. Um, really stepped up, put the team on his back, you could say. And on the other side, Chelsea just outplayed Real Madrid. People are saying it's like a chess match of Zidane and Tuchel, but it was all it was all Tuchel. I think the Chelsea players really stepped up. I thought Mason Mount had two great games. Conte, in my opinion, was the best player out there. Um, but it's two well-deserved sides, and it's going to be a very final. These teams have played twice before this year, uh, once. City beat them three to one in the Premier League, and then in the FA Cup under when uh, Lampard was no longer the manager, Chelsea won one zero. So I'm very excited to watch the final. It's going to be a good one, but we'll get into that. I mean, I agree. I think I mean City. I wouldn't say they dominated, but I think they're defensively were way, way more solid than PSG and. The difference between City and PSG, I mean, both are oil clubs, but Man City built, built a team, but PSG just bought two-star players and put a bunch, other than Marquinhos and Navas, put a bunch of, like, subpar players around them. I mean, City built, like, an actual, probably a dynasty, if we're being honest here, with the money. So I think Man City were the better side and deserved to go through. And then Chelsea just outclassed, um, outclassed Real, Real Madrid, I think. Tuchel um, um, was a better coach than Zidane. And Conte bossed around Casemiro, Kroos, and Modric. And Chelsea City, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it's kind of unlucky for us with our analysis because kind of what we were talking about before this was, you know, uh, Madrid's dominant midfield, and then they kind of just got worked twice. And then we were talking about PSG possibly being the ones to upset City, and you know why not us? That didn't happen. So I mean, yeah, for I the mean, teams, I was teams that went well, us not as much. Yeah, I was over two on my prediction, so I'll uh, I'll take the loss on that one. But it, we got four entertaining semi legs. Um, so can't be unhappy about that. I think that PSG could have won. They didn't. The two red cards just they just cost them. Uh, I think they kind of they put themselves at the disadvantage of the first leg. Just did not come out well in the second half. Um, but I think that's one that I could have seen go to PSG's way. Whereas in the Chelsea Real Madrid semifinal, Chelsea were clearly the better team. Um, and I I see no way that. After just looking back on it now, there's no way Madrid wins in a semifinal against Chelsea. So now we're left with two two Premier League managers, Pep and Tuchel. Armand, 
who's got the upper hand in the manager head-to-head? For me, it's Pep, and there's really no debate about it. I mean, if we go straight straight off trophies, I mean, he won a treble in 2011 with Barcelona. I mean, just if you go through his trophies, he's won two-time world best club coach, two Champions League, two English Premier Leagues, uh, two German Cups, three German champions, and three UEFA Super Cups. I mean, compared to Tuchel, he has one German Cup, two French champions, one French Cup, and one French League Cup. I mean, Pep's more experienced and Pep's done more. I mean, Tuchel hasn't, like, had the teams to manage like Pep's had. I mean, that 2011-2012 Barca team was probably one of the best teams of all time in that season. And you could argue that some of those Bayern teams were insane as well, but Pep has more experience and Pep's shown up in bigger situations compared to Tuchel. So I'll give this slight edge to Pep. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking who's done more with less, I think it's got to be Tuchel. Uh, look into this. He took Chelsea over in the middle of the year. They're like in, I think, sixth or seventh place when he took them over outside of top four, not performing up to what they should be. Uh, turns them around since January only has one loss, which is incredible considering the schedule they play. Um, but overall, I think it's got to go to Pep. Sure, he has the better squad. He has the better situation, better financial backing. Um, but just what he's done, like Armand said, everything he's won in the past, he's clearly the better manager. And he might be one of the best of all time, if not the best. Yeah, so I'm not very big into, like, the whole let my trophies do the talking for me discussion because I don't like that because I think it's lazy. But Pep's going to win three this year. Um, That's kind of a spoiler for my prediction. But he's been one of the top guys in Europe for so long now. This team has really just finally gotten to the point that they want to be and have been expected to be. Tuchel, though, is an incredible story. I mean, everyone thought, you know, Frank Lampard coming home, taking over Chelsea, his former club, it was going to be a godsend, but didn't work out that way at all. Um, But, I mean, Tuchel, though, playing Pulisic, and, you know, as an American, love to see that. So, for that, I would give him an advantage there. But, you know, that's that's not what I like to do. So, we got to go now to Chelsea. We, We could talk hours and hours about all of the players City has. Who is the most important player for Chelsea in this final? Um, in the final, has, it has to be uh, Thiago Silva. I mean, that back line that they've ran pretty much is the same other than him and Ben Chilwell. And Chilwell, to me, is more of a defensive liability. Last season, they allowed 54, 54 goals. And this season, with the additions of Silva and... Um, Chilwell, that's gone down to 31 goals with like five games to play, which is a huge improvement defensively. Not to mention when you look at the players that City boasts in their attack, Foden, Kevin De Bruyne, Gundogan, Mares, Sterling, and Jesus. That center back pairing, I'm especially Thiago Silva, has to be rock solid uh, to stop Man City from running up the goals. Yeah, if you're talking who's the best player – um, currently, I'd have to go with either Mason Mount or Conte. But if you're talking who is most vital to Chelsea in the final, I, I got to agree. Thiago Silva is the rock of that defense. This is his second straight Champions League final. Um, he's 36, maybe, I think he maybe 37, but he's still 
one of the top center backs in the world. Um, I think that's a great answer, and I got to agree, yeah. The most important player to Chelsea, if they are going to hoist the trophy at the end of the month, I think, I'm not just saying this, I really think it's Pulisic. If he scores, Chelsea's going to win this game. I want to see what their back line does against him. I mean, yes, he's one of the better players on Chelsea, but, you know, he's not Messi Ronaldo, so they're not that scared of him. But I really think that if he can kind of break through the back wall of City, his impact is going to really provide a spark for the entire Chelsea team. So he's going to be maybe not the best player to watch, but he's for sure an X factor. No, I, yeah, I no, that's a good point. Yeah, but that, uh, that leads me to another thing. Who, what front three is going to start for Chelsea? Because we didn't see Pulisic start in this leg against Real Madrid. And whether or not you think that was because of the yellow card, you don't want to risk getting another being suspended for the final. Um, but yeah, who, is, who do you guys think will start? for that front three, since everything else is pretty much set for Chelsea. Pulisic has to start. He's been their most dangerous player in the last two to three Champions League games. Got a goal last game, I believe. Um, could have assisted, you know, if Bernard knew how to score. Could have a goal and an assist in the first leg. Got an assist today in, like, 10 minutes of play. So Pulisic, when he's on the ball, is the most dangerous guy for Chelsea going forward. I think he has to start. Uh, you have to go with Timo Werner. I mean, as much as he does, he's not scoring goals, he has the most goals and assists on Chelsea. He has to start. Havertz may, maybe deserves a shot. He's been in great form recently, but I'm going to give the slight edge to Werner. And then obviously Mason Mount as well has to start. So that'd be my front three. So Steven? it's really interesting. I want to say Giroud. I don't know why, but I'm just thinking of it. Like I really after you saw what he did in the World Cup, and then he's kind of, you know, not been the same since. But I just think that, similar to Pulisic, he's going to provide a real spark, but that might be better suited, you know, 60th minute on. But I would probably agree with Armand. But if I was Chelsea, you have to start Pulisic. You can't just hope that the spark comes off the bench. You need to know if he has it from, you know, opening whistle. So I would say the same as Armand. Yeah, um, I think you made a great point with Giroud. When I was thinking about that, I was considering him because I looked at the stats. In just 23 minutes, Pulisic had 1.11 expected assists. Um, we saw the, the one ball that Havertz didn't connect on before he got his actual assist. Um, he creates so many chances for the team, and Giroud is like a big target man up top who can put them away. Uh, so I think that he definitely – could be a substitute candidate. But for me, I'd go with Pulisic on the left, maybe Mason Mount on the right or a little further behind. And then I'd go with Kai Havertz instead of Timo Werner. I think Werner has just missed too many chances. Havertz has been in great form lately. Uh, I think he got the, or didn't get the assist, but he created the chance that led to Werner's goal today. Scored two goals in the weekend. He's been playing amazing. He looks like one of the best players out there. So I'd go with Havertz, Pulisic, and Mount as my front three. I want to bring this up about Werner. I feel like um, to Chelsea kind of being this team of destiny, which we've talked about the last couple of rounds with PSG especially, I really feel like that he's, if he comes on as a sub, 
70th minute a little later. I just feel like he's gonna he's just gonna knock one in, you know, make up for all the missed attempts. And you know, maybe it's you know the perfect fairy tale ending, like, oh, he scored the winning goal after you know missing so many of them. So I think that's an interesting possible storyline, especially if he comes off the bench. But for Chelsea, just the fact that we're talking about this and like the guys that they're not gonna start that would start on like any other Premier League team is incredible and like just a wealth of goods and a good problem to have for them, for sure. Oh, for sure, yeah. It helps to have a Russian with oil money behind you. <laughs> now, let's talk about Phil Foden. Preston, where does he rank among the younger talents on the European continent? Uh, it depends how you define young talents. Um, I think if you're going with 21 and under, He's the clear-cut second behind Erling Holland, of course. Um, I think in terms of age group, he's right there with Holland and Mbappe, so he's probably third uh, behind those two, whatever order you want to put them in. Um, but I think he's in that, in that range. His potential is unmatched. He's only 20, and he's one of England's best players. Uh, the way he plays just... I, he's come through the Man City Academy since Pep come, has come in. They've really focused on technical players. Like, there's jokes going around all across social media, like how Foden was kidnapped from Spain when he was younger because they've never seen an English player with the talents that he has. Um, so I think his potential is limitless and that he's right there with the best youngsters in the world. Um, if we're doing 21 and under... I'd say he's top top five for sure. I'd have him at three. You could definitely argue in England, maybe Mason Mount's better than him. That's always been the main argument. And so I, I'd say he's top three. I have Sa- Sancho and Holland ahead of him. I mean, James Sancho has had the best year this year. So if we're going off this year, I'd say that Foden's clear-cut second. But overall, I still take Sancho ahead of him. Just last season in the Bundesliga, Sancho had 34 goals and assists at 32 games. So one healthy, I think Sancho's um, a better player than Foden. I do want to steer away from the final talk for a little bit because Armand brought up an interesting point. The two losing clubs, PSG, Real Madrid, you said before that Mbappe is the missing piece for Real Madrid. Hours later, is this still a statement you stand by or is that just the heat of the moment kind of thing? Um. I mean, if you look at their team today, they don't they didn't have anybody that was running at the defense. If you if you had if we had prime hazard on the team, if you saw hazard at Chelsea, he was just picking up the ball at the half line and just running at defenses. And you didn't see any of that today. I mean, they were just kind of passing the ball around the box and just putting across and then hoping for the best. I think if you get a player like Mbappe who can pick the ball up at the half line, attack defenses and open up uh, runs for Benzema and open up space for the midfield like Modric and Cruz. I think that that would have benefited them today because Hazard's not 100%. We saw that today because his ball skills have not, haven't, haven't been up to par compared to when he was at Chelsea. Preston, is Mbappe the missing piece for Real Madrid? Uh, I think that they need some youth in the squad, seeing how I think their average age of the squad is something like 30 around there. I think they got some good young talents, but they really need some, like a Ronaldo-esque player to revitalize. Like when he 
joined Madrid back in, I think it was 2009. It was, he was just revolutionary. Um, I really think Mbappe to Madrid is the perfect move for both sides. I don't know if I'd be happy to see it, but I think it makes perfect sense. And I see no reason why it won't happen. I think it'd be good for PSG as well, because then they could use that money to actually build a good team around Neymar and not just surround him with a bunch of subpar players. Like well, yeah, that, that's the question, though. Do they want to build around Neymar? He's going on 30. He's not exactly in his prime, or maybe he's on the back end of it. I don't know. But he hasn't been reliable as well. He's been injured constantly. Do you think that they should build around Neymar? Or do you think that maybe they just need a rebuild overall if they do sell Mbappe? Imagine the amount of money that would come in selling Neymar and Mbappe in the same summer. <laughs> it, yeah. it would just be ridiculous. It would like it would almost be like just obtaining like the 15th richest person in the world, but you sold two players. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a weird question because like PSG's this close to a Champions League title. Last year losing the finals, this year losing the semifinals. So I mean, me personally, if you can't add most of the play, they're not signing players. They're just getting guys on free transfers, right? So if they don't have the funds to supply transfers and you're just going to keep running it back with the same squad, um, I think, in my opinion, they should blow up the team, sell Neymar. I mean, you can keep Mbappe if you want because Mbappe's 22. You can build around him. But I, I'd lean towards um, blowing it up if you can't sign any um, – not big name players, but you can't sign any players this summer. Yeah, I'd much rather build around Mbappe. Um, but I, I think if one of them has to go, it's it would be Neymar if I was in charge. But I think they will have to sell Mbappe, given that I think he's out of contract after next year, and they won't want to lose him for nothing to Real Madrid. So now... We come back to Neymar. Obviously, PSG lost out again. Very close to winning it all. Preston had one of the best comparisons I have heard in a long time, calling Preston, or sorry, calling Neymar the Kyrie Irving of European football. Now losing another one and potentially another new team in his future very soon. I think it's a perfect comparison. Mm -hmm. Although Neymar hasn't seemed to be as destructive with teams and whatnot as Kyrie, I'm interested if they get rid of him and Mbappe stays, if they like keep up the same level of success. Because the Boston Celtics did better without Kyrie, and then this year they're worse than the Nets, but that's, you know, because the Nets have everybody. So, Preston, is that similar to what could happen to PSG without Neymar, that they just get better? Um, I wouldn't say yes, because obviously he's a generational talent um, and he'll be very difficult to replace. There's not many players who can just walk in and do what Neymar does. Um, but I think a move away could be good for both sides. I think that they won't be better off without him, but if they can find a guy to replace him, uh, then I, I would do it. I don't think there is anybody who can replace him who's on the market, but I, I think what I get what you're saying and I, I see how it could be beneficial for sure. 
Um, I mean, it just kind of depends which players they add around Mbappe. Because if they just use that money and just leave Mbappe in that same squad, they're out, they're going to be worse. But if they, you know, put that money towards, you know, maybe a player like Kamavenga, maybe like signing Sancho or Holland, then I could see an improvement in PSG. Yeah, if they well, replace them with Sancho, I could, I could totally see a a young, exciting PSG squad. They'll have even more money to invest in players. And, yeah, I think that would be a great move. So I would compare this kind of segue that we just had to when the Black Eyed Peas performed at the break a couple years ago during the Champions League. So we're going to go back to Manchester City now. Who is the most important player for them, Preston? Ah, that's, that's a very tough one. I mean, there's there's so many guys. Like, I think the the saying that's going on right now is PSG built a team of individuals. Man City built a team. So the, it's very hard to give credit to just one player. But I think it's got to be Kevin De Bruyne. He won PFA Player of the Year last year. Uh, he creates more chances than any anybody. Um, he's just so he controls the midfield. His ball skills are insane, and his vision is unmatched. He's, in my opinion, the best midfielder in the world. So it's got to be Kevin De Bruyne for me. Uh, I'll give a different answer. I'm going to say I'm going to go to the back line. When I look at their back line, I'm confident in Ruben Diaz, confident in Jacques I'm confident in Kyle Walker. But when I look at that left side, and I see John Stones, I see Zinchenko. I mean, they've been great this season. Don't get me wrong, but that's the that's the um, side that I'm more worried about. So I think that left side, especially when they're gonna have Pulisic coming right at them, I think that's gonna be the X factor because we've seen John Stones been prone to mi- mistakes. Uh, Zinchenko, he's been great, but he's also been prone to mistakes as well. So I'm gonna go with that left side of the back line has to be rock solid in order for them to win. It's it's hard to disagree with De Bruyne because he's one of the best in the world at what he does but I really like the goal scorers for Manchester City any one of them it's an open invitation for them to step up and finish these chances because now you don't have aggregate to rely on you got to put the ball in the back of the net so for them it's really a collective the whole forward unit needs to be there and present for them and really just get this game over the edge for them. Yeah. And uh, that's a very interesting point because Man City often have had trouble finishing their chances. But one man who has no trouble finishing them has been dominating the Premier League for the last 10 years is Sergio Aguero. And he hasn't really been in the squad lately. Um, he's coming, coming back from injury. Just probably better player selection out there doesn't really fit the false nine role that Pep likes to play. Um, so my question is, do you guys think time in the Champions League final? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, they've been running, what, like a 4-3-3 with like a false nine in De Bruyne, right? So, and it's been working. So I don't see any reason why they change it in the, in the, in the biggest game of the year. So I don't think Aguero will see any playing time. Maybe off the bench. Yes, but I don't think he's going to start. 
So you think he will come off the bench or no? It just it just kind of depends on the game because if they're down or it's tied and they need a goal scorer, then I think Aguero will come on. But if they're up 1-0, 2-0, and they need to close out the game, then I don't think so. So it just kind of depends on the game script. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't I don't see any way he starts, but I would I would like to see him get in the game because he said like a while ago he would stay at City until he wins the Champions League. And this is his last chance to ever to win it with them. So it would be cool to see him hoist that trophy after scoring. So this might not be the best analysis or the right take, but I'm like a real sucker for, you know, like your guys, like similar to Tom Thibodeau, but every team he's on, Derek Rose is there, Luol Deng, uh, Taj Gibson. Aguero's been there the whole time. He's been there a lot of the time that I've watched City and been a fan of them. So if they were to win it finally and he didn't even get out there, it would be sad. I mean, I'd be happy that he gets one. But I think if it's – if the game's without a doubt, if it's 2 nothing with, like, in the 70th, I think they'll put him in because barring some total collapse, they would win the game. So I think if it's kind of for sure going to be City – I think that he'll get in it just, you know, cause he's done everything for them and, you know, he's been the face of city for so long now. I want to talk about something a little different, the ultimate hypothetical, one of the possible results that would interest fans the most. If this game were to go all 120 minutes, including extra time and there was penalty kicks, what team would you want? Oh, I want City. Well, actually, no. Sorry, I take that back. I gotta, I gotta think over, think over that one. That was a little impulsive. But um, the, the, here's the thing: you have Man City who have struggled to convert PKs all year. First, De Bruyne missed one. Um, or maybe who wasn't first? But you, De Bruyne missed one. I believe Mares missed one. I think Gundogan missed one. Like that was a whole like conversation in the beginning or middle of the year. But on the other side, something that hasn't really been, something that's been flying under the radar is Edward Mendy. He's only been in one PK shootout this year. Um, that was against Tottenham in the Carabao Cup round of 16. And he they lost that five to four. And Mendy did not save a single PK. I don't think he guessed right a single time. And against all the PKs he's faced this year, he is, I don't think he saved a single one. So he's not exactly elite when it comes to PKs. You do have Willie Caballero on the bench, but he's also 30-whatever. He's very old. So the edge obviously goes to Ederson in terms of goalies, but in terms of takers, it goes to Chelsea. I think I, both teams are going to be practicing this a ton. I think that City simply just, I don't know. I, it's, it's a good feeling. I, I don't have much else to say, but I think City will win if it goes to PKs. Uh, I'd agree. I mean, I don't really have anything to add on that, but I think, I think City will win. Yeah, I mean, if I didn't have a dog in the fight, I would just root for it to go to PKs because, like, it's awesome. But, you know, I think City might have 
although they miss a ton, unfortunately for them. I think that they have enough goal scorers that could, you know, put it in the net. Given the uber intense situation, so now we've come to the end of the program, but it's prediction time. Preston, you didn't get either team right the last time, which is okay. <laughs> no one's perfect. Let's see if you get the final right. Um, how about you come back to me? I'm gonna need a little bit more, a little bit longer to over to think this, but yeah, come back to me. So, I mean, I can say with confidence, I'm I'm not a biased Arsenal fan. But City's going to win this final 2-0. I'm calling it. I'm betting my house on it. Manchester City's going to win. Yeah, so I would have bet the house on it, but that's just because I'm a very scared person in general. (laughs) City has been so dominant, and they've been waiting for this moment. So I don't don't expect them to overthink the situation because Pep has had teams prepared for all kinds of situations, all different countries, different tournaments, different cups. So they'll definitely be primed and they'll be ready for this moment. For Chelsea, though, they need to win this because they don't know if they'll be back in this tournament next year. So they got to win it just to secure the deal. And I I don't want to say I hate to say it, X, but like it's going to happen. City's going to win. They're going to score two. I don't know how many Chelsea's going to score. I want to say one to, so Pulisic can get on the board, but then that totally contradicts what I said. So we'll say he gets an assist. So I'm going to go Chelsea two to one. Aguero's going to come in. And an American will have the Champions League trophy. He will be the backup goalie. But, you know, progress. No, we weren't here five years ago, so win-win. All right, I, uh, I got it. I'm going with... Chelsea, 2-1 in extra time. Not saying any of the goal scorers. It's going to happen how it happens. But it's going to be a very thrilling 1-1. City are going to dominate the whole way through. Chelsea will get a cheeky little counterattack goal. They've been so clinical there. Um, Then in extra time, it's going to be a battle of two gassed-out teams, two teams that are playing for PKs, kind of bunkering down defensively. A little ball is going to slip over the top. Something's going to happen. Chelsea find a way. 2-1 Chelsea in extra time. Heard it here first. Preston, you said they've been clinical, but did you watch that game today? They had like four counterattacking opportunities and all of them were right at the keeper. I mean, in, in terms of creating chances on the counterattack, they've been clinical. Finishing, that's a different story, <laughs> but we know, we know that. That's been the story with Chelsea the whole year. So the last thing I did want to say, we are unfortunately out of time, so I got to make it quick. This game's going to be on CBS. We finally have a Champions League game on TV that you can watch anywhere. And, you know, not just on – I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to promote their product. But (laughs) it's nice to have a game on TV and not on TNT because, like, you got to scroll through and find TNT. The only time you watch it is, like, when you want to watch an old movie or basketball. But on regular CBS – a Champions League final. Uh, fans going to be there? Don't believe uh, so. Yeah, I don't think so. I think fans are permitted back in like June, June 21st, right, for the Euros? Right in time. It, it, it's in Istanbul, so oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the regulations are different there, but I, I don't think there will be. It's up to UEFA as well. So Glad you brought up Euros. This crew will be back for that. 
there's, you know, always transfer window starts in the summer. So hopefully you guys like this. If you did, please let us know. But we'll be back, no doubt about it. We'll be back after the final. Uh, maybe Neymar gets like another gold medal in the Olympics because, you know, he played like against kids the last time. So maybe he wants another one to make up for, you know, losing the last two uh, Champions Leagues. But we're not going anywhere. We will be back. We will talk soccer and a lot of other things. We got a lot of podcasts this month. Armand and Press will definitely be back. They'll be talking about soccer, basketball, pretty much anything. We might talk about fruit one time. But Sounds I want to thank, I want to talk about, Arm, uh, thank Armand and Preston. It was a great show. It's been a great tournament. And everyone stay safe. Thank you for listening. Follow us, Wavelengths Pod on Instagram, the Sports Wave on Instagram. And we will see you on the next one. Thank you.